Hello and welcome to another episode of the Thinking Christian Podcast. This is your host, Dan Kramer. Thank you for joining me today for what I'll call a special edition of the Thinking Christian Podcast. If you'd like to know more about me or this podcast, just go to thethinkingchristian.us. There you'll find my website. There are resources there. There are previously released podcasts. You can interact with them. You can, uh, there on my website, on the homepage, you can put in your email address and your name, and when there are new podcasts released or even any changes to the website, you will get a notification in your inbox and your email, so do that. You can also subscribe to this podcast by going to Apple iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Android, and uh, or just simply download your favorite podcasting app, do a search for the Thinking Christian Podcast, and once you find it, you can usually subscribe right there from your app. Okay, commercial is over. I want to kind of jump into today's topic. As I said, this is a special edition of the Thinking Christian Podcast. I have some other shows or had some other shows lined up, and we will get back to those. But just given what's going on in the state of the world right now, and literally I do mean the world, uh, I thought it would be good to just pause and kind of talk about this coronavirus scare. And it's really the fear that I want to talk about mostly today. I'm going to address it, as I always do, from a Christian perspective, and today I want to address this toward Christians. If you're not a Christian, if you're not a follower of Jesus, if your heart is not bent towards knowing God, then all the things that I have to say here don't pertain to you and you don't benefit from them. I'm only talking to the Christian, to the person who seeks God, to the person who wants to know God, to the person who um, is seeking the righteousness of God. What I have to say pertains to you. Now, if you're not a Christian, you're certainly welcome to listen. I would encourage you to do that, as a matter of fact. But again, this this really isn't for you because, well, there's a basic difference between the non-Christian and the believer. Um, The believer believes in God and puts their trust in God. The unbeliever doesn't. And we'll talk more about that later. But But again, everyone is certainly welcome to listen to this podcast. Um, the last couple of days with some changes going on, the quarantines, the school shutting downs, businesses being closed, there's fear of small businesses shutting down, not being able to endure this kind of uh, quarantine. There's just a lot of fear. And, and I've talked to some people in the last couple of days, and, and I can sense it, uh, this unknowing. And in fact, I heard someone say, I think over the weekend, about the uncertainty of these days. And I'm thinking, every day is uncertain, you know? Um, the days of man are fragile. The Psalms 103 says that we're like a flower that fades. Life is fragile. Um, you know, we're here today and gone tomorrow. We've never lived in a certain time, and, and every time is uncertain. I think this coronavirus just reminds us of that fact that life is fragile. Life can change. And as a result of that, it's, it's a good time to kind of pause and, and reevaluate, to reassess ourselves, to reassess our priorities and, and where we stand. And I think it's a good time to be encouraged. Uh, this podcast is not meant to scare or frighten anyone. As a matter of fact, I think what I'm trying to do, or I know what I'm trying to do, is encourage and bring hope uh, where there is only fear. I think one of the things that, are, that most people are afraid of right now is not actually getting sick from the virus. Um, and certainly there are some people who have good reason to be afraid of that. They're ill already. They have respiratory issues. And um, getting this illness could be, could be fatal for them. And so I can under, certainly understand that concern. But the, most, uh, the people that I've talked to the most seem to suggest to me they're not afraid of getting sick. What, what they seem to be afraid of is just the uncertainty and, and how... Um, and what's going to happen to the world? 
people are um, uh, not going to work. And uh, there are small businesses that are wondering, can they stay open? Can they endure this, this period of no income coming in? Will they have to close a door? Will they have to lay people off? And people are wondering, you know, what's going to happen to my future? And, and that can lead to fear. It can lead to fear if you're an unbeliever. But a believer, I think, should be thinking differently. Now, to illustrate what I'm going to say, I really want to talk about a passage of Scripture today that I think just speaks wonderfully to this and just brings such hope and clarity to mind. It's from Matthew chapter 6. If you have a Bible and you open up Matthew chapter 6, and if you have a red-letter Bible, you're going to see Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7. It's just all red because these are the words of Jesus. They are the words of Jesus, I should say. And um, it is the Sermon on the Mount. Matthew um, some, compiles Jesus' teaching into the Sermon on the Mount. Matthew chapter 5 tells us that he went up on a mountain. This is an outdoor venue. He sits down and he turns to his disciples. And Jesus says all of these words to his disciples. Uh, they, are to, they are to the follower of Jesus Christ. And that's what I'm talking about today too, also, to the disciple. If you are a follower of Jesus, then these words matter to you. If you're not, you're certainly welcome to listen, but they don't pertain to you. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 19, Jesus said, now listen to these words carefully because they're very, very important. He says, do not lay up for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. Now, Jesus warned his first century audience something that I believe he would warn us today and does warn us through his scripture, and that is there's a certain risk that we take when we lay up our treasures on earth. And what is that risk? Well, he tells us. Moth and rust destroy them. Thieves can break in and steal. And I think the point that he's trying to make here is all of the treasures that we lay up on earth, all of our stuff can vanish in a moment, can disappear. Thieves can take it. Markets can plunge. Uh, All kinds of things can happen. Uh, uh, Entire economies can collapse. And when they do, if that's where our heart is, we collapse with them. So he warned us not to do that. He said, but in verse 20, but lay for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust don't destroy and thieves can't break in and steal. See there, Jesus said, our treasure is secure. So the Christian is supposed to be one who stores up for himself treasures in heaven. How do we do that? Well, I think simply said, it would be our faithfulness and our good works, our, our giving to the poor, our taking um, our wealth and our energy and our time and our resources and investing into the lives of the people around us. And by doing so, we're actually investing our treasure in heaven where Jesus said moth and rust don't destroy and thieves cannot break in and steal, where our treasures are secure. And he tells us that where our treasure is, see, that's where our heart is. So the first question I would ask you to consider is, where is your heart? Where is your treasure? As the coronavirus scare hits our area, our country, our land, I think we should be challenged to think, what really is my treasure? What really am I investing in? You see, if it's something that's here today and gone tomorrow, you're setting yourself up for a big fall. But as Christians, as followers of Jesus Christ, Our treasures here aren't on earth, and they can't be affected by anything out there. That's a fantastic thought. I mean, no coronavirus can affect it, no wealth or poverty, no sickness, no health, nothing, nothing good or bad can affect the treasures that we have in heaven. They're safe and secure, 
and we are standing in a safe and secure place if, in fact, our treasure is in heaven. Later in chapter 6, Jesus said in verse 25, Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you would eat or what you would drink or your body, what you will put on. You know, Jesus was addressing basic needs uh, in his day, eating and drinking and, and wearing clothes. And still today, especially in light of all that's going on, the basic necessities of life are really starting to be being considered. We walk into a supermarket. I haven't done this recently, but I've seen the pictures on Facebook and I've heard the reports on the news. People walk into markets and the shelves are bare. And so we start to wonder, where am I going to get my basic necessities? How am I going to be fed? How am I going to be taken care of? And Jesus says here in verse 25, very plainly, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. He says, and he asks rhetorically, is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? It's a rhetorical question, and the answer is, of course it's more than that. Life is more than just food, and, and the body is more than clothing. You know, at this point of the sermon, I kind of imagine in verse 26, Jesus, he looks up and his eye catches a, a flock of birds flying overhead, because he says, look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor they gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. And think about that for a moment. The birds flying through the air, they don't sow seeds. They don't reap a harvest. They don't uh, raise barns up and then store away food for the wintertime. They don't worry about any of those things. Yet, Jesus said, God feeds them. And then he asks, I believe rhetorically, are you not of more value than they? I mean, aren't we more valuable to God than just birds? If God can take care of the birds, don't you think that he can take care of you and me? God, who, who is infinitely able to do anything. I mean, he, he's the one who, who spoke this world into existence, who, who breathed life into us. Certainly, he's able to take care of us. And then Jesus asks rhetorically again in verse 27, which of you, by worrying, can one add one cubit to a statue? Statue, I mean, uh, kind of a funny question. Which one of us can get any taller by worrying? Uh, the, the, what it means is, is can we really improve anything by worrying about it? You know, no one ever says, well, you know, I worried about my problem all night and suddenly it got better. Or, you know, I, I worried for three days straight and the problem just went away. Um, worrying doesn't do anything. It doesn't have any productive value. It doesn't take us anywhere. In the end, the only thing it does is gives us ulcer and ulcers and diarrhea, I guess, but it doesn't really do anything to change the situation. And so he asks, which one of you, which one of you can you prove your own position by worrying about it? Against the, the answer is rhetorical, but it, the answer is no one. And then he asks in verse 28, so why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field. I kind of see Jesus with his right arm sweeping out to the to the to the field beside him because he's outdoor here outdoors here, and pointing to uh, you know a, a field of flowers. Look at these lilies, they and how they grow. They don't toil or spin. In other words, they don't they don't work to, to array themselves like they are. He said, "Did I tell you that Solomon is all and all of his glory was not clothed like one of these?" Solomon was David's son, one of the wealthiest kings in Israel, and yet Jesus said Solomon didn't look as half as good as them. But if God would so clothe the grass of the field, which is here today and gone tomorrow, don't you think he can take care of you? Don't, don't you think God can do that for, for, some, for someone he loves? And you're much more important than birds and, and flowers to God. God is more than capable 
of taking care of us. And so the question that Jesus is asking, so why are you worrying about these things? I mean, don't you believe God? In verse 31, he says that, therefore, why do you worry? Saying, what do we eat? What do we drink? What do we wear? For after all these things, the Gentiles seek. The word Gentiles here, I think, is just a generic word for unbeliever. The unbeliever is worried, but not the believer. You know, there's a joke that I sometimes tell when I get to this section of scripture. I love it. It's, I think it's a funny joke, but it's so fitting and it just fits so well the Christian walk. There's a man and uh, he's always, he's known for being a worry wart. I mean, he worries about everything. Just his life is just a constant worry. And one day he's walking down the street, but this time he's just whistling and singing a song and just as happy as can be. And he, he meets a friend of his and, and the friend says, what's going on? You know, you look you look different. You look like you're not worried about anything. He said, oh, I'm not. I'm not worried about anything. And he said, wow, that's fantastic. What happened? And the first man said, well, I was going through the newspaper the other day and I opened up to the ad section and someone took an ad out saying, I will worry for you. So I called the guy up, the guy up and now he does all my worrying for me. And the other guy said, well, that's pretty amazing. Uh, how much does that cost? The first man said, $10,000 a month. Second guy goes, $10,000 a month? How in the world do you afford that? First guy said, hey, that's his problem. You know, I, I, I like that. It's funny for one thing, but also it's just such a great picture of the Christian walk. Our job is not to worry about those things. Our, our job, well, if, if we have one job of worry, it's verse 33. Jesus said, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. That's our job. That's the one thing you can quote-unquote worry about, seeking God. And if you seek God first, if you place Him first, if if your desire is to please God, if that's what drives you all day long, to please Him, to find Him, to seek Him, to know Him, His job is to worry about your life. Your job is to worry about finding and knowing God. You know, this is a fantastic exchange if you think about it. In fact, if you're not a Christian, you're not a believer, and you're listening to this, I don't know how you can avoid being one. <laughs> you know, just, just think about this for a moment. What God is saying to you, the unbeliever is, that if you begin to seek me, I take, I take care of everything in your life. You know, sure, God wants your, your talents and your abilities and he, you know, and he wants you to serve him and so on and so forth. But there's more than that. In becoming a Christian, becoming a follower of Jesus, it means that he gets everything that's wrong in your life too. He gets your debts, your broken relationships, your issues, your problems, your fines, your criminal cases. He gets everything. Your whole history now belongs to him. And that becomes his problem. It's no longer yours. That's his problem. You become God's problem. He has to feed you, take care of you, see that all of your needs are met, and all all he asks in exchange is that you seek him, that you focus your, your life and your heart on following God. I can't imagine someone walking away from that kind of offer to say, here God, you can take all my worries. You can take all the concerns that I have over the coronavirus and what's going to happen in my life and what's going to happen in my future and and I'm just going to let you worry about that and I'm going to worry about following you from this point on. I would think only a fool 
would pass up on that kind of offer. Jesus said, therefore, don't worry about tomorrow. I want to invite you to stop worrying. I want to invite you, the believer first, to stop worrying, to redirect your heart into following God and to letting Him worry about your life. And again, if you're not a believer, then I want to invite you to consider placing your trust in the hands of one who loves you more than flowers and birds and is quite capable of taking care of your life. Man, there's a lot of, there's a lot of things not to worry about and a lot of good reasons not to get caught up in worry. And with that, I'm going to close this episode of the Thinking Christian Podcast. Talk to you next time.